Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Halal Cartels. As always, it's Gabe Pacheco, and today is a little special, a little unique. Uh, we got some different flavors in the house. It's an away game episode, and I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Jim Jam, Jim Search. Hey, Gabe. I appreciate you, dog. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So if people don't know you, um, I first uh, hooked up with you uh, via the podcast uh, Swatches and Boomboxes. That's right. Uh, I've been a guest on your pod a couple times. And uh, just for anybody out there listening, Swatches and Boomboxes, can you break it down and let people know why they should tune into that pod? Oh, my God. Why shouldn't you? Um... If you love 90s hip-hop, and if you remember that feeling in that era of dope music, then that's the podcast for you. My co-host and I, Neil Charles, we have covered pretty much an endless amount of content from the 90s. Like, <laughs> but that's the beauty of that podcast, is that when we do an album review from the 90s, will never really run out because there's always a hidden gem. There's always that album that is like, oh shit, we didn't even talk about EPMD. Oh shit, we haven't even cracked the million Wu-Tang members that Dude, exist. So, you know, I think we were at um, Jordan Temple's uh, first play. Yes. Uh, and he, you know, a brilliant a playwright. So Jordan Temple may, uh, put out a play. It was uh, performed at the Knitting Factory. And um, was it the first one? It was like invisible. <sighs> anyway, it was Hidden Fences. <laughs> yes. Hidden Fences. Yes. <laughs> so I went to go see Hidden Fences. And then after that play, uh, I had listened to like an episode of Swatches and Boomboxes. And I was like, hey, man, we should do an episode on Law of the Dark Man. <laughs> and I was just throwing out like kind of a random MC from the mm. 90s. And you like... Uh, just latched onto that, fixated. You got and it. And then, and then I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! Do I really care to go back and listen <laughs> to La the Dark Man's whole oeuvre?" Yes. And we, and, and then uh, it was impossible to find uh, on Spotify or anything like that. So I, I had to go. I went on YouTube and listened to like a wow shit, like a, like a bootloo, uh, a bootleg? YouTube bootleg or bootloo, yeah, yeah, <laughs> boogaloo, electric uh, boogaloo recording. Um, right. And it was, you know, it is what it is. But the episode turned out really well. And uh, and then I came back and did an episode on Red Man's Money Waters. Which is the name of the comedy show that I run, Money Waters. Which yeah. I run that with the homie Veronica Garza. So now, now I wanted to say uh -huh. uh, about La the Dark Man, Heist of the Century. Um, the reason I know that album and I know it so well is my man Lou, my man Lou in Binghamton, he was a big Wu-Tang fan, just like I was a big Wu-Tang, still a big Wu-Tang fan. But this was, I don't know, maybe 2000, around that time. And he's like, you've got to listen to La. And I was like, who? He's like, La the Dark Man, how do you not know? And then he lent me the CD, I burned the CD, and then paid for it because it's important to buy music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then from that down, I was like, this motherfucker spits. Like he's nice. Like he's been like it's an it's a slept on album that has no reason to. So go back and listen to Swatches and Moonboxes. Go back and listen to that. Go listen to all the whole catalog. Yeah. I mean, you are the um someone I go to when I want uh when I want a new esoteric MC. Yeah. Deep cut. Or mm -hmm. if I 
if I am thirsty for that boom bap sound. Yes. Uh, from from like 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be like, Jim, who today in 2023 is is carrying that dusty boom bap torch? You and there's definitely a roster of MCs that do that. Like we were talking before the show about Griselda Records. Griselda is definitely on the vanguard, I think, of that sound. Uh, Vic Spencer, he's another great dude out of Chicago. He's fucking great. Um, you know, there's there's definitely, there's still that sound that, that's out there. Yes. And I think that when a lot of people say, like, there's no such thing as new good music, I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, people are always going to be making good music. You just have to go look for it. Now, now we have to hunt a little bit, uh, a little bit harder. Exactly. Like yeah. it's and it's an Easter egg. It's like you find it, you're like, oh shit, there's this dude in I don't know, fucking Bora Bora who raps and he's nice. Like that's, that's I just go on TikTok now. Yeah. And I don't even look for the real MCs anymore. I look for the TikToks that tell me how to rap like those MCs. <laughs> so like my favorite viral TikTok that just came out was like uh how to make a song that sounds like Action Bronson. And they're That's like, true. okay, so uh, basically reminisce about something from the past. Uh, also name some foods that you're eating and then um, throw in some slang for drugs. Yes. So it's like, haha, I was hanging out in Dip Mars playing basketball. <laughs> Remember eating souvlaki <laughs> while I was smoking and, and selling my pack, my G pack. And then you got to get uh, you got to get some ad libs in there. Throwing, haha. Well, then Griselda's the ad lib kinks. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, you know, they, uh, I mean, I really do. I fuck with them heavy. Um, they have really built their own sound. Mm -hmm. Despite being that sound from the 90s, I think they put a little, uh, they put their own, they put their own spin to it. Like, if you watch, um, if you watch any of their videos, they're all, most of them are shot in upstate New York. They're shot in Buffalo. You know that's Buffalo. Like, if you're from... I love artists that keep it local. You know, I've 1, always been a fan percent. of that. You know, when it comes to, like, film, for example, uh, George Romero, one reason that he was one of my favorite uh, directors, aside from being the godfather of the zombie, mm -hmm. uh, the modern uh, zombie flick, he made all of his movies in Pittsburgh. So Great. he stayed local. Another dude like that is uh, John Waters, mm -hmm. who's, like, the original Baltimore freak. Which? All of his films are based in Baltimore, and and that being local is so cool. Or like David Linkletter, uh, no Richard Linkletter. He uh, all of his movies are like Austin, Texas. Great, and there's and that's that's so dope because like there's always some uh, what I want to say like there's a particular flavor that exists in those towns. And that's right something that can't be replicated anywhere else. Case in point, shout out to the god Rod Serling from Binghamton, New York. Yeah. Who is the creator of the Twilight Zone. And <laughs> all of the... I never thought, like, oh, yeah, the Twilight Zone, Binghamton. Well, <laughs> get on the Shoreline bus. Come with me. I'll take you up there. Yeah. I'll show you exactly what crazy shit is happening in Binghamton, New York. So, uh, yeah, you were raised in Binghamton? Born and raised. When did you leave? I left. I left Binghamton in 2008. I want to say 2008. I graduated, went out to Cleveland, lived in Cleveland for a year and a half, 
and then came back, came back to Binghamton and was just running the, running the streets of Binghamton like a crazy person. And then I moved, I moved down here, but born and raised, man. So, you know, in fact, my album, my comedy album, which is coming out the end of, or the end of March, early April is called Upstate Understandings as an ode to Binghamton and an ode to how there's a time in my life where I really looked at the world through an upstate perspective. And that's how I filtered a lot of the world. An upstate perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah. For example, I remember I was, I was working at this school and there was a high school basketball game and the team that the school I worked for, the team lost and I looked over at someone and I said, so when do they fight the other team? <laughs> They're like, what? I go, yeah, you beat up the other team if you lose, right? That's what you do. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my high school. That's what we, Binghamton Patriots, we would fight at the end of the game if we lost. So that is how I looked at the world, and that's what I thought everyone else did, and they don't. You just go home. You leave. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, so you're saying um, upstate is a little bit more uh, feral. <laughs> yes, um, that is absolutely a fair, a fair assessment of where I'm from. And there's definitely its own cast of characters that really cement that. And like, I, I mean, I just think of like, you know, the dudes I grew up with, like case in point who were like, you know, you never have to really buy a newspaper. You just get up before your neighbor and you take it. And now you have your newspaper. I mean, that's a that. life hack. Yeah. Life. Right. Yeah. I learned that. I learned that in Binghamton. That you know? just sounds like something that Kramer would do on episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah. So ooh, Binghamton ooh. is full of a bunch of Kramers. I mean, in terms of racists, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. There's I mean, a lot I, of racists. Dude, so, uh, the, well, people don't know that uh, New York State is not New York City. It's and not. New York City is, if you watch the movies, just feels like this nice cosmopolitan melting pot. But all you have to do is go a couple, like an hour or two north, and it's clan country. There's an old saying, the further north you go, the further south you are. There you go. So I was in um, uh, Massachusetts this weekend. I was right. in Worcester, and I was up there with uh, Gordon Baker Bone. Mm -hmm. Super funny dude. And Shout out to Gordon, man. He's on, he hosts, or he opened my album. Hey, so there we go. This is yep. uh, two degrees of separation. That's right, baby. Right, so Gordon, open your album. He and I are um, co-headlining upstate at a brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts, and he run he has a great show called uh, Drunk Black History. Yes, which is you know uh, kindred. We we love what he does. We love Drunk Black History here on Halal Cartels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, we're upstate, and we have a lovely night. We do a show for like the whole town of Worcester. And uh, we stay at a Red Roof Inn overnight. Okay. We got to get up super duper early, right, to catch a bus back to New York City. How hungover are either of you? I mean, we were we did a show at a brewery, man. Yep. And uh, then there's a bar like two doors down. Okay. So things, okay. it is what it is. We stayed up real late. And uh, we get back to this um, Red Roof Inn, which is straight out of like the Florida projects. Mm -hmm. Like this... There's stains on top of stains on top of stain. There's like pancake stacks of stains <laughs> on the on the like Wayfair couches that are yes. <laughs> that are in the bedroom. Uh, our you room. just you burn your suitcase. 
when you get home. You yeah, s- man. You don't. You can't use that again. Like I definitely moved the bed and the mattress from the corner for a second before I got into the bed to see if there were were like bed bug stains on the wall. Smart. You know. And uh, so we call an Uber in the morning. This guy picks us up, real nice guy. And Ubers outside of New York are not like the black livery services. No. It's just like a normal dude's car with uh, duct tape duct tape on the bumper or whatever. Or a soccer mom that has a child seat in the back, and you may have to go to the soccer game before you go to your destination. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so it's yes. real local, real fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of uh, Worcester flavor in this car. And we hop in to the back seat, and there is no... There are no side streets by this red roof in. So the red roof is uh is is directly on the highway. Okay. And when you pull out of the red roof in parking lot, you can only go right and get on the highway. That's it. Got it. Okay. So the minute that we pull out of the parking lot behind us, uh blue cop lights start flashing. We get pulled over and uh the cops this hard case. Uh Sure. Yeah, Sergeant Fortunato, maybe Lieutenant, I don't know. He's okay. ethnic white, Mr. Fortunato. You got his name. Yeah, man. Good. Yeah, so he comes over to the driver's side, and he's like, hey, so, uh, uh, you know, we, we, you know why we pulled you over? No, man. And he's like, what are you all doing here? And clearly, there's, like, one white guy in the front seat driving us, and then we're in the back. Right. So it's like, well, what, are we, what do you mean, what are we doing? Like, the, the guy, it's an Uber. You, you established <laughs> that. Like, and this isn't, like... You're not going to like make captain, right? This isn't the big bust that you think it is. Totally. You want it to be, but it's not. Totally. So he pulled us over and it's an it's an Uber. I got to explain it from the back seat. I'm like, "We're in this this is our cab who's picking us up and taking us to the to the bus." Right. So he's like, "You know, we pulled you over because uh you didn't make a turn signal when you were pulling out of the parking lot." And at this point, the guy's like, "What are you talking about? Like there's nowhere else I could have turned." Right. This is the only way to go and there was no one behind me. So yeah, what is what is what are we getting at? And like, then, you know, then then upon then the other cop, it, mega chapped lips, ten gross. years younger than Lieutenant Fortunato. I didn't catch his name, but this dude so gross. Super pale, chap lips. Mm-hmm. What's up? And this guy is a super punisher. And anybody who's been listening to the podcast understands what a punisher is. But he's got glassy eyes and he's just like Kind of like a looking ass, like a like a eager dog, you know. Yep. Like, hey. uh, he's the good cop in this situation. Oh, he was a good cop. Yeah, the oh, the chap lip boy. Chap lip man was yeah. got it. Uh, so Fortunato's like, um, yeah, you know, well, we just got a. How about you? And he looks at Gordon. He doesn't look at me at all. He just looks at Gordon. And he's like, hey man, um, how about you? I need to see your license. I need to, I need your name. I need your license for what? And, and for what exactly? He's like, you don't have your seatbelt on. Jesus. So now we're in the back seat. We've only been in the car 30 seconds. Our seatbelts yeah. were coming on. The light, the light flashes now. We're on the highway. And he's like, look, I just gotta figure out who you are. You know, we just gotta we just gotta figure out the situation. Why don't you want to show me your license? He's like, it's in the trunk. And he's like, You got okay, well, just give me your name then. Don't lie to me. Don't lie. You have warrants? You have warrants? Holy shit, man. And he's just escalating. It's 9 a.m. Dude, we even have we haven't had coffee yet. Like, I haven't had a scone. And we got this fucking beady-eyed Officer Fortunato. Who is escalating a situation and so desperately wants this to be more than it is. Yeah. So desperately. Guy on the other side's like, hey, look. uh," So Fortunato goes back to go run uh, Gordon's license. Not license, just his name. 
Sure. And uh, the other guy's like, hey, look, uh, you know, we're just trying to figure out what's going on. We're just trying to figure, we're just trying to assess the situation. Hey, I'm cool, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work with you. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you out. We want to get you guys out of here. Oh, I can, t- I can tell you're upset. It's kind of a hassle, I know, because we're pulling you over. Kind of a hassle, you know, but we'll get you out of here as soon as we can. You know, as soon as we figure out the situation, I'm like, figure out the situation you created. You like, absolutely Like, there literally created. was no situation until you showed up, man. And you want, like I was saying, they teach, they don't, well, they don't, they teach you to do this, right? Yeah. Like, culturally, climate-wise, you, that backseat was the enemy. And when there was no perceived threat, that doesn't that doesn't compute and those wires get frayed upstairs and they go well then we must we must do something because we boy boy would we look stupid if there's nothing wrong here i mean and honestly we did it felt like we were in one of the one of the videos sure. one of the videos that you see on tiktok one of the videos you see on twitter or on facebook that leads to that it doesn't end well man nope and i was like we are like suspects in this car for no reason and 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 the and guys there's like, no there's what? no sorry yeah there's no level of compliance that, that satiates this because you can do everything that's being asked. And we've seen it, right? Yeah. We've seen everyone do everything that's being asked, and then shit can still go left. So at any second, right. They just were begging to find a reason to arrest uh Gordon. Absolutely. Begging for it. And they were like, okay. So then the guy comes back and he's like, So your name, uh, why'd you lie to me? And he's you like, said that to Gordon? Yeah. He's like, What do you mean? And he's like, Well, it's Gordon Baker Bone. And he's like, You told me. Gordon, it, it, like, there's no one here under Gordon Bone or whatever. And he's what? like, well, check under Baker. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. And what do you mean there's no <laughs> one here? Like, where did you go look? Right? Yeah. Like, what? So then the other cops talking to me, and, like, I uh, was like, hey, look, we just have a bus to catch. And I am I fucked up. I shouldn't have even said, like, no. we have a schedule. Because now you'll wait longer. really, all, now that just gives them an out to detain us longer just to inconvenience us absolutely so i just left wishing that both of their families like ended up their children were orphaned to be honest not from me i don't need to do it but i really hope that they like pull over the wrong person someday sure because there's no reason for them to pull people over in the first place and they were just fishing outside of this red uh red roof in uh for anybody to come out uh to to and then to with no probable cause to search them right and there and there isn't because listening to the situation, it's like car makes a right out of the parking lot. Like, you know, like there's really so much of just like nitpicking at the rules to create this because again, they've had the poorly baked, like, I want to get this. Yeah, man. I want to get these two. And they're looking at us like, you mad, bro? Well, oh, you of mad? Course. You mad? Like they're literally poking us uh, verbally to try to incite some. Like, why you look so upset? Just if like, you don't have anything to hide. Why? Why are you? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to be upset, right? There's like, if you've done nothing wrong, don't worry about it. <laughs> you haven't done anything wrong, so why? Why? Why are you worried about it, man? And then there's that feeling of, um, since I've told this to people afterwards. Some people are like, oh, man, you know, you, this is when I would have yelled at the cops or I would have like. No, you and don't. I was like, well, I can't. No, man, because A, I'm not the first person on the totem pole uh, uh, who's going to receive the punishment. Nope. 
and uh, it won't in in that moment. There's no justice. Absolutely not. So nothing good can come from it, but you just end up feeling shitty afterwards. So we're like driving away, and the <laughs> the driver, our dri- our Uber driver's like, "Wow, that was weird, right? I wonder why they stopped us." And we're both in the back seat. Like, oh, I, we've got we've got a hypothesis. I'm gonna think. I think I can figure it out. You know what? Yeah. I'm, in fact, I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. Here's why. <laughs> Check this out. And like the only thing I could say to Gordon that was like, uh, we got made him laugh at all was like, you know, because we're he's upset. We're everybody's upset. Sure. But I was like, dude, yo, I when I was in Lagos, Nigeria, they I got pulled over like every time I was in the back seat of an Uber. Or mm-hmm. a car, any car. I was like Bieber. I was Justin Bieber in Nigeria because there's literally nobody sure. that looked like me in that entire city of 20 million people. So I'm like, every anytime we drove, they would have military checkpoints every couple blocks. Right. And at every military checkpoint, they were like, mm? and their hand would come up and they would, they'd pull our car over. Oh my goodness. And they would goodness. be like, roll down the window. And the, and the soldier would be like, do you have any money for me, my friend? Any, uh, you have a gift for me, my friend? Golly. And it was... <laughs> That's when you say, I have a really great podcast called Halal Cartels. <laughs> my gift to you is yeah. here's a free download. In fact, subscribe. That's yeah. my gift to you. Please subscribe to Any our t- podcast. Yeah. Leave a five-star review, man. Just leave we a five-star it. review. It's an opportunity for you to be a good person. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want for you. But they were not. I mean, in Nigeria, they were they were totally cool. And that the minute that you said, I have no money, my friend, they would just laugh and be like, good, good answer. Smart. It was like a test. Yeah, so just ha, 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 ha. Yeah. LOL. But to always stick out, man, to always stick out, right? Like, that just I sucks. Got, I got fucked with by the cops, I mean, more times than I can think of. But yeah. most recently was in October. I was in my neighborhood. I was walking towards my house, and I saw a car go the wrong way up a one-way. And I'm like, hmm, that's odd. Why are they doing that? Yeah. And then they stopped a good 15 feet ahead of me. I'm like, maybe. And I'm trying in my head to be like, this isn't what it's going to be. <laughs> you're right? always hoping against hope. Man, you're just, you're hoping that this is a string of coincidences, right? <laughs> Car wrong way up the one way, stops a little bit up the way. Maybe they realize that they went the wrong way. You're hoping. Sure shit. Two cops get out. Walk right over to me. What? What's up, guys? Hey, uh, just uh, where, where are you heading to? And you're right. In that moment, you want to be like, what the fuck does that? You don't need to know that. Why the fuck are you asking me? But you're, in my head at least, it's I have to get home. How am I going to get home? What's the least path of resistance? Because I know my rights. However, if I'm about to engage this and escalate. Yeah, but your rights only matter in a movie. Exactly. Like there's no, like, I'm sorry to say, you know, there's those TikTok videos and YouTube videos where you see like a lawyer just dress down a cop yeah, and, and say like, you know, hey, according to statute XYZ, I don't have to do this. And the cop's like, okay, all right. And then they do, they go through the dance. Yeah, maybe in like a well-lit Chipotle in Soho. Correct. Not you on could, a, This video could happen. Not on a poorly lit back block in Crown Heights. Yeah, not man. happening. So 
They stop me. I answer every possible question that they're asking. What are you doing? I'm going home. Where do you live? I live right over there. What do you do for work? I'm a teacher. And I said, I did say this though. I said, I don't know if I'm the person that you're really looking for. I teach during the day. I don't like, yeah. Who are you looking for? Because I know what I look like and it's not fitting the narrative that you have in your head. Just like the cops that were fucking with you guys. Yeah. There's a narrative that's already ascribed. And when you're not fitting it, we got to make that fit. Yeah, why are you guys in Worcester? They were, I don't know. We're like, why are you at that red red uh, roof in? And it was like, it's a cheap hotel. Uh, our booker got us that room. We're on a bus going back to New York. Oh, you go. You live in New York. New York's pretty dangerous, huh? You guys get pulled over a lot there. Never because we don't drive. Yep. And oh, okay. So uh, what are you doing up here? We're artists. Oh, okay. At a red roof in. At a tr- at a yeah, man. Yep. Uh, you're you're answering your own questions here, sir. <laughs> we Boy. we did we did a show at the brewery last night. You know, oh, do you do comedy? And then Chap Lips is like, tell me a joke, and it was like, go fuck your mother. Yeah, <laughs> fuck tell you, you a joke. Fuck your own asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. You sh- why didn't you show up? You should have been at the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't come and knock the baton out of your hand when you're cracking <laughs> someone's head open, do I? Am I bothering you at your job, sir? You know? Uh, yeah. Golly. They, they're not good people. I'm not into them. So there's that. <laughs> so that's a thing that happened uh, yeah. to us yeah. uh, collectively mm-hmm. and to everybody, really, that's of a certain uh, complexion. or Sure. And I didn't even get the worst of it, man. I mean, it's just uh, it is just seeing it and that it happens all the time and that it happens everywhere. And uh, there's a whole group of people in the U.S. that never has that encounter with the police. And what makes that even more crazy is that if you were to explain this story to someone who is a racist, they would say, well, they're just doing their job. Yeah. Well, even the even the driver, the Uber driver, the white Uber driver was like, how is this happening? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's like, I've been pulled over once. Uh, in my four or five years of being an Uber driver. And it's like, because you never picked up a black person at the Red Roof Inn. That is why. (laughs) You know what you should have done is just turn Griselda on as loud (laughs) as you possibly could. Yeah. We were threatened by by music. There was music in the car. And so we... Officer, do you fuck with Benny the Butcher? (laughs) Oh, God. I did once, though. Yeah. This is... You just reminded me of this. I was outside of a bar and I was urinating. I will admit that halal cartel cruise. Uh, I was peeing outside of a bar. You shouldn't do that because it's against law. I get stopped and I was a little drunk and the cop was, it was a, a cop who was like doing, you know, asking questions and everything. And finally I just go, do you listen to Nas? <laughs> <laughs> She immediately walked away from me and have not like just said, you know what? I'm really lucky that that didn't go. Uh, you diffused the situation with the power of music. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I really did. And I hope that maybe she went back into his catalog. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a strong, he's got some strong hits. He's got some bangers and he's a talented dude. 
I just remember uh, this is like an anecdote, but uh, pre I think it was pre nine eleven, and uh, we we were getting patted down by like TSA people, mm-hmm. and they like checked our bags for I was on a, taking a flight with a friend to Latin America. I think we were going to Santiago. Okay, but um, way to flex, but go on. Yeah, super flex. Yo, Chile. You know that's where that's where you live a flamboyant, finesseful lifestyle. <laughs> In Chile. So I was yes. going down there and my friend's getting his bag patted down. He's getting patted down and they check our bags for uh, residue, like bomb mm-hmm. residue or whatever. And uh, in the middle of it, he just starts like singing the thong song, just like under his breath. And uh, he made like the two TSA ladies laugh doing that. And they were like, you guys can go through. Love it. So always have like a silly song ready to go. Correct. Around authority figures. I think I would have... Uh Nelly's Andale, Andale, Mommy, E-I, E-I, oh <laughs> what's popping tonight? Which I think yeah. would, I think that would diffuse the situation. Sure. Or the, Have a little fun with it, you know? Yeah, see see where it gets you, you yeah. know? They, we should make a playlist of songs to hum while being <laughs> <laughs> said through the TSA. Just yeah. some 10 bangers, you know, just 10 deep cuts, mm-hmm. you know? Shorty. You can hold my eyes. Yeah. Won't you back it up? A little pony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, even go down south. Go down south. Uh, Miami base. Do it all. Just get it. We should. It's coming soon. Yeah. Please be on the lookout for your Spotify. For the Spotify playlist coming to you from Jim Jam, Jim Search. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The legend. I'm not. So legend. you recorded this album, and uh, what was your uh, experience? Recording it because so many people, like Chris Rock, just came out with one. Yep, uh, special on Netflix, and something that they marketed around the special is that he uh, did it all in one take. So Correct. It's like warts and all in terms of um, him when he flubs a joke, he just retells it. Yep. Um, Which he did at the end. Yeah. At the end, he yeah. fucked something up, but. But uh, and so I kind of like that. Uh, but that's one approach. Whereas like other people will book a comedy club and they'll do, uh, an early and a late show or even maybe a whole weekend in the same outfit and yeah. then mash it all together and act like it's uh one continu- continuous take. Yep. Uh, how about you? What was your process? What was the process behind it? Well, I want to go a little bit back before the actual taping. Yeah. And talk a little bit about, what got me to there, right? Because when it comes to, you know, putting together, my album was like 45 minutes. In New York City, you're not going to, I'm I'm not big time enough to be running 45 minutes around the city for like crowds. Yeah, you got to run some jewels. And by jewels, I mean hot nickels. (laughs) Five minute diamonds. Yeah, five, uh, you know, five minute diamonds in the rough. No. So what I had to do is I had to, you know, take the album in 10 minute chunks because, you know, get about 10 minutes at a show. And so I was doing it like that. And then I would even take those 10 minutes, cut them up together and then put them all together in one long file, listen to it and be like, okay, this is what it sounds like four different places, but this is what, this is the idea audio of what that's going to be. I even like went, I took trips upstate. I went up to Binghamton. There's a comedy scene that's happening there and shout out to Mike Peters, Stephen Brown, 
dudes who helped me get stage time where I could run a half hour. I could run as long as I wanted. So that really helped me get to the night when I recorded it. And I did the seven o'clock and the nine o'clock, right? Like I took, so you did two. Yep. I did two, two sets. I used the seven o'clock as kind of the baseline. And then the nine o'clock, if something fucked up on the seven, we had the nine as backup. And you know, it was, it was crazy. Like there's, and it's funny. I was listening to, uh, podcast today it was a drink champs with Derek Jeter's episode which is great Derek was talking about when you are prepared when you're prepared time what is it time slows down when you're prepared you know exactly what's going to happen when you're not prepared it rushes and for that moment I was prepared so much that I knew exactly what I was going to say when I was going to say that I could play around in between jokes I could riff here, I could riff there, but because I've done it so much and I prepared for that moment. Yeah. Which, like, in even in that, there's this juxtaposition of, like, time slowed down, but it's, it was over. Like, I did the 7 o'clock, I looked up, and I was like, oh, shit, 45 minutes went by. We're done. 9 o'clock, same deal. I did I did what I came to do, and I knew exactly how I wanted to say it, and what at what points I wanted to put in this, take out that. And I looked up and it was 945. Oh shit. And how long from when you decided to make the album to the recording was it? Well, that was Let's bookend the journey. Yeah, let's uh yeah, we'll bookend, bookend. Um it was before 2020. I planned to record an album. And something seemed to have happened in March of 2020. I can't think of, I can't put my, you were like, I don't want to record this on zoom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I didn't want to do it on Skype. So I decided that perhaps this would not be the time when the earth is dying. So 2019 was when I was like, I want to do this. And then, uh, 2022, it was probably around January, beginning of the year. I said, I am recording this album. I put a date on the wall. I said, July 22nd, I'm doing this. And then the rest fell into place, man. I got the audio producer, shout out to Rob Adler, and my man Adam Russell for putting together the cover. And they were like, let's let's make this happen. When's it coming out? It's coming out late March, early April. April. Now, I say that because, A, I'm independent. I didn't go through a record label didn't do any of that this is all all me so my release date is ultimately up to me um but i can tell you late march early april still waiting on the vinyl to come in because i'm a product in the 90s vinyl cd cassette you got three you got three options you can buy it on and you can buy it digitally of course but sure 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 but i like the fact that you've got a some vinyl so people can uh, scratch it in blend it mm-hmm. sample it mm-hmm I don't know what I would do, man, if my album was sampled on somebody's record, some some track. Just take my nasally pitched upstate voice, uh-huh. throw, <laughs> throw that on a dope beat. I'd be into it. Yeah, man. I really, uh, so when I recorded my album, I thought I did similar things um, in that I didn't leave New York to mm-hmm. do longer sets elsewhere. 
often. I didn't have that opportunity. Right. Um, I did probably run a half hour a couple times, and Funhouse was a place where I could do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I I did I broke it up into five to seven minute um, interesting, bullets. and so I would go and I would try to do uh, two book shows a night, and then there's open mics starting at three p.m. in New York. So That's I would do true. like I would go to mics. Uh, took like two weeks off from work. Uh, Love it. It was summertime that I was uh, training for this. So working with kids, it's like I could take that summertime off, right? And right. I. Just ran my sets. Monday was like the first five minutes of the album, and I mm-hmm. did that at 3 p.m., 5 p.m., and then I would do like one or two shows that night and just do the same opening five. And okay, then on Tuesday, it. I would do the next five to ten minutes. Oh, interesting. And I've got several stories in it, so then it was just running those stories. But it was uh, something where I like isolated and trained for each of those bits Right. Rather than running the entire set, because wow. I knew I already I I kind of had the set list in order already, like mm-hmm. I visualized it, and then uh, I did it at um, the Secret Loft, ah yeah, which yes. was a show on Fourteenth Street, really great show, um, underground like a speakeasy vibe, yep, black box theater, and I remember uh, that there was a full lineup of comedians already with credits, right, and then after the like. I was the last comic after seven comics. And then you recorded your album after yeah, seven and comics? Just, and we didn't advertise it or anything. But wow. the whole point for me was that uh, the message was that anybody you see in New York could be a killer. Because mm. I went up and I did a full, I did 45. And then I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I do another story? And the audience was like, of course. Right. They didn't know me. Sure, so it was sure. like an audience of strangers crushing in front of an audience of strangers in one take at we, the end of a show. That's and was like the was the goal. And you did it. And that was it. That's dope, man. So there was just and there's so many different ways to do it, but that was just kind of like what my ego needed. Sure, yeah. And the way that I wanted to present the art as like this is a living thing um that is like Something that can surprise you in the moment. Now, let me ask you, I'm like changing. I'm now asking you questions. Uh, What? Well, first of all, would you do another album? Are you going to do another album? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It doesn't have to be as spontaneous as the first one. Mm -hmm. It's not that the material was spontaneous, but that the, uh, that I didn't care about promoting it. Because I'd been going to things at like the Creek in the Cave, great, you know, you know, uh, pillar of the comedy community before it closed down uh, during the pandemic. But uh, I would p- watch people record at the Creek in the Cave and or watch them record at other clubs in the city. And the audience would be full of their friends and you could hear their friends on the recordings. Right. Or they would like some people would beg their friends to come to a recording. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't want this to be, what, what is it that I do in the city? I am a comedian who um, is not a headliner and I'm, I'm not a draw. I am doing shows which are primarily showcases mm-hmm. uh, where strangers come to see uh, somebody new, right? It's like, 
the type of audience that comes to the shows I do is looking for a grab bag of different styles. Right. So why would I then uh, switch it up from being that to then misrepresenting myself as a different type of artist? So full transparency of what so what th- yeah. your sh- what your set would look so like. So my first album is what it would be like for you to experience me for the first time hmm. as a stranger. I dig that. I don't know if I had the balls to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but well, listen. It's not on Spotify anymore because I signed up with uh, Spoken Giant. Okay. And they were uh, a company trying to get artist publishing rights as well as performing rights. Mm-hmm. So, because um, Spotify is, and honestly, none of it matters to me at all because it, it's for an artist of my, at my level, it's pennies. Right. Of, uh, but um, the albums for comedians who signed up with Spoken Giant got taken off of uh, Spotify. Oh, shit. And I don't think they get played as much on Sirius XM anymore mm-hmm. um, because it, it's at, in a vindictive way instead of it. Uh, instead of instead of like compromising with us, they were like, "Oh, these are the artists that are asking for like their fair share." Let's just you're out, you're yeah, out of yeah. here. Don't don't uh, don't bulk at the pennies that we're giving you. Yeah. So like, the only way to hear uh, risky behavior right now, my album is on um, is on like Amazon or iTunes. Okay, you got to buy it. And you should. And you should go buy it. And if you buy one, buy another one. Yeah. What do you what and like we brought here? this up before? Like you got to buy support the artists. One thousand percent. Go buy the percent. albums, man. There's, there's, there's artists that I know, hip hop artists, rappers, etc., who essentially were independent, still are independent, and live off of their independent hustle. Yeah, they, it's. Now more than ever. Well, I that's feel. like Immortal Technique is yep. one of those dudes that he uh, he talks about it on his albums how he sold like a hundred thousand, but he ke- he kept all that money. Right. So it's better to sell a hundred thousand and keep every cent of it than it is to sell millions and make like a fraction and of that, that money. And on top of that, I agree with you. And then on top of that, be locked into ten albums. <laughs> you, you now have to make 10 more records of what you've done at the pennies that you're going to be paid. Yeah. F- fuck that. Like there is so many, so many people I've talked to who have been like, if I could do my album over again, I would have done it independently. I would have in hip hop, in hip hop comedy wise, you know, there are people who are just like, yo, I got fucked out of a shit ton of money for recording my album. And I had always intended to do it independently. Yeah. Because, A, I'm a product of that era, but also in talking with my friends who have recorded albums through any sort of record label, they've been like, yeah, I've, I got jerked. Well, as long as you can get... So the only place to really make cash right now, if it's not from... Uh, people buying your album like with money out of their own pocket the only way to make money off of it is to get it played on Sirius XM right so uh, if you have an in for that then you don't need a label but if you need an in for that get yourself a label 
Right. They that I would agree with. That's but that's what they're providing, particularly now in this digital era, because there are no hard copies of anything. Except for mine. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm an <laughs> I'm an analog boy over here. Love if you it. look, I got books on my shelves. I got DVDs. I As think it's should. so important to keep uh, your own library because with, with a digital library at any moment, that could get uh, the company that you're that you've got your library with could go under yep, or they could change the terms and agreements and you'd have no recourse or there could be a solar flare. (laughs) (laughs) There could be, you know, something, something could happen. There's, there's a lot of music that I have on CD still have to this day for that reason. I've got my entire library from when I started collecting music when I was like 12. Yeah. To today. I, it's a giant binder. I, ca- I even kept the album art. I have the the sleeves. I got all the all the shit because I knew that someday there would be a time when I'm like, man, I really want to go back and look at the Muddy Waters That's liner right. notes. I want to go back and look at the Cannibal Ox liner notes. I want to go back and look at pick from the crazy amount of hip hop that I collected as a kid. Sound bombing volume two. I have it. Yeah. That's where I first heard Thurston Howell the third. That's right. You know? And RA the rugged man Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like a early Eminem. When Eminem was still some of the best Eminem is went before he got big and and when he was just a one of many MCs on a showcase album. That's right. And what's the song Any Man yeah. is on there. That that actually just popped up on my way over here because I've got sound bombing two on my on my phone. And you yeah, you think about like what Eminem's trajectory was of being a battle rapper who was incredibly talented, like undeniably so talented, and was running with the underground heavy. Like yeah. he was a legend. Like he's a battle legend, you know? He was he was not the one to fuck with. Dude, if you're a riggedy riggedy rapper <laughs> and uh, <laughs> your beats are whack and you have no substance, though, um, after like being really good at rapping is kind of like being Spoon Man from the video Spoon Man by Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a deep cut reference that was. And yes, because <laughs> everybody has internal rhyme schemes at this point. Everybody can. Uh, bend the word so you can make syringes rhyme with hinges and oranges. Like it's no longer special. So every what one else? of the other things matter. And we were talking about this before. What else? It's the who are you? And I know this sounds so like Oprah and like crystals and like Super Soul Sunday. However, there is some validity to that of, well, yes, everybody can rap nine billion different ways. But when you bring a level of who you are through your music, people fuck with that. When people can identify with you and hear what the fuck you're saying and believe in it and know that this is who you are and you can't, there's no packaging for that. Like there's no formula that's going to get that. You either got that or you don't. Ah, uh, So, you know, I think we're talking about um, uh, whatever, what is it? Uh, craft versus, um, I don't know, heart. I think yeah, I think so. Yeah, craft versus heart, or and some yeah, form versus substance. I would I would agree with that. 
I think, yes, we're talking those uh, two, and I don't think they're uh, oppositional. I no. think that, like you were saying, a lot of people have form, but there isn't a lot of substance. Yes. Right? You know, it's, it, it, you think about how many times have you heard, like, the multisyllabic, like, introspective, ineffective, dicka 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 and you're yeah. like, okay, yep, I got this, but who are you? Yeah. And, uh, and that's why early, um, early Eminem has more of his, it just felt like he was having fun. Right. Yeah. And it felt more autobiographical in a, and playful. And then, you know, then we just get rap God nonsense. And just bar out bar heavy, like it's exhaustive. It's exhausting. It's like if you're a triangle in the orchestra and 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 you dull dim all of the other sounds so that you and just keep you banging just the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being like a ribbity rapper is on on a song. It's it's I yeah. It there you gotta you gotta have more right. Yeah. And you I'm know. not dude. I love uh, Black Thought can rap for an hour straight, and I'm cool with that. Or I can listen to like uh, Andre 3000 do, you know, 58 bars in a row. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that you can't ribbity rap. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Listen, aspiring rappers who are listening, <laughs> you can you can rap however you want to rap. I'm not yeah. here to tell you you can't. What do I know? I can't. I can't. I can't put more than four rhyming couplets together. Well, you know, so. maybe today's the day you start. That's right. Put Dude, I get second. so I have anxiety dreams where I'm on like uh one of the one of the shows like um uh Hot 97 when mm. I watch when I watch them interview like rappers. Right. And then they'll be like, "All right, spit something for us." Now it's that time. Yeah. You know what time and then it they is. have to do it. I'm like, "Oh, that's my, you know, people have dreams where like they're naked taking a test or whatever. My dream is that I'm like stuck there on stuck one of these on shows. Hot 97 and, and, and rap. <laughs> they're like ribbity rap. <laughs> But you have to specifically ribbity rap. Oh my god! What's your rap name in the dream? <laughs> Do you have a rap name? Mine, yeah, Young Zertek. <laughs> mine, mine is MC Scantron. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Education. Like that? Yeah, I do. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first year teaching, man. Um, I'd come from like you know, my friends had like iPhones and stuff, and we had laptops. And then I get to this uh, New York public school in the Bronx, and they were like. Okay, you have uh, 400 students, Gabe. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's grade time. And then they handed me Scantrons. Like, yes. I was a little kid. And they're like, make sure to fill out the bubbles with number two pencils. And I was like, dude, everybody is getting literally the same B minus grade. Yes. Because it, I don't want to head to the bets. I don't want to overinflate anybody's grades or fit, or under and under, like. Under, under report. Yeah. I don't want to do so that. So we're all getting B minuses. Because I have to fill out 400 of these by tomorrow. Are you crazy? And then they had codes. So it would be like the code would be like a 3652. And then the next one would be like 3654. And you'd look down and the 3652 would be like is approaching um, right. standards. And then the Meets next expectations, like, exceeds Does ex- not meet. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So I, I'm just going to memorize a couple of these numbers and fill those out on the Scantron. And that's going to be that. Because, yeah, it's, you know, I think a lot of education is uh, bogged into that of yeah test heavy and pushing 
pushing for scores. Juking the stats, baby. Just, uh, you know, hit the quota. Hit the numbers. <laughs> we got to hit our numbers, baby. I know we got to pull over uh, at 15 people at the Red Roof Inn, and one of them <laughs> is going to be, is going to have a G-Pack on them, and then the rest are just going to be traumatized. Yep, but just know that we got that one. Yay. You know? Off- Lieutenant Fortunato always gets his uh, quota. Yep. He. <laughs> you know, there is something kind of wild to the thought that policing is directly <laughs> related to customer service in that or sales rather sorry policing is related to sales in that yeah you ha- like if you're in sales you have to hit a quota by yeah. the end of the month you have to make like 30 sales there's a precinct that's just like oh man it's october 20th and johnson you only got two arrests fortunato oh look fortunato's got 87 <laughs> Yeah, you, now, you're killing it. You could redo that scene from Glen Gary, Glen Ross mm-hmm. with the uh, Chief Wiggums from The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, you could because uh, the police are not. We, <laughs> this is what a dystopia we live in. It's, di- it's dystopian with uh, with better Wi-Fi. That's right. You know, and good plans because there's phone plans that will uh, give you unlimited Wi-Fi. Well, uh, Jim Jam, Jim Search, where can people find you and tell us about the album, the name of it one more time? Absolutely. Because we're running out of time tonight. Yes, yes. You can find me on all social media at Jim Search. You can hit up my website, jimsearchcomedy.com. The album, Upstate Understandings, is going to be available through Bandcamp. The link's going to be in my Instagram bio. The link is going to be on Bandcamp. Hit me up there if you want to buy the album, the CD, vinyl, cassette. Any of the merch is through there. Or if you hit me up through uh, social media, you can buy it through that too. But definitely, if you hit up my Bandcamp, you can get me there. All right, that's Jim Search, everybody. Uh, This is me, Gabe Pacheco, uh, thanking you once again for tuning in to Halal Cartels. We really appreciate all the five-star reviews and the, um, yeah, and you telling your friends. So keep spreading the gospel about our fantastic podcast next week. Samir Nassim will be back in the building. And um, I'm signing out now to go listen to Griselda. Boom, 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 and boom, boom. You can now listen to the sweet sounds of Serene Patel, aka Brown Privilege. All right, peace.